Welcome to Bible Fellowship Church's The Upper Room. Our podcast addresses the Christian's role in today's culture. We hope you enjoy it and find it informative. To help support our ministry, please consider becoming a subscriber and financial contributor. Links to donate are on our website at bfcforyou.org. Now let's get going. Well, welcome back to BFC for You Upper Room Podcast. If, since you're hearing my voice, that means it's time for another interview. This week, we got Elder, which still sounds kind of weird to me, Jacob <laughs> Davis. How are you doing, Jacob? Doing well, doing well. I'm trying to uh, age into that uh, role. <laughs> yeah, how old were you when you became an elder? I was just trying to remember. I, I um, want to say I was just old, over 30. Okay, so I've got a few more years. You do, you do. I was starting to get nervous because I, how, you're what, 10 years older than me? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, it had to be around where I'm, I'm knocking on the the age where Jacob became an elder. (laughs) Of course, as you get older, your memory fades, so it might have been longer ago than that. Oh, yeah, don't say that. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, this is uh, an episode all about getting to know you. Excellent. As we've already kind of touched on. Youngest of the elders. It's kind of a running joke, I guess. <laughs> it is. It is. So, um, just waiting for the next one to come along, and then uh, I can yeah, pass that so torch. Can move it on. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start. Let's get to know you a little bit. Starting with, uh, kind of, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? You can kind of take us through that a little bit. All right. All right. Yeah. So I'm a local guy. I was born uh, here on the Gulf Coast in uh, 1983. So I grew up in. Uh, Pineville community and went to uh, uh, Coast Episcopal Middle School and then Past Christian High School. Graduated okay. there in 01. And uh, from there, I went to Mississippi State from uh, 01 to 05. And that's where I met my uh, f- current wife. <laughs> Your current wife. <laughs> she wasn't my wife at the time, but we dated in college and got right. married uh, soon after, uh, after she finished up. Uh, she graduated in uh, 07. And then... Uh, and we're both engineering majors, so uh, she came, and we met at the uh, Wesley Foundation, the campus ministry at Mississippi State. Um, um, so uh, she moved down after I, I moved down in December '05, which was you know the post Katrina, right. uh, post apocalyptic uh, yeah. Gulf Coast that doesn't even seem you know real anymore. That was such, so surreal, like times. another life ago. Almost. It was, yeah, yeah just an entire alternate reality. Um, so, um, so I moved down after that, um, and then started, um, uh, I kept working with my dad in construction until 07, um, you know, and that's when I started working for the Navy and I've been an engineer with the Navy ever since. So, uh, almost 13 and a half years now. Um, and then, uh, Erica moved down after she graduated and we got married in 2008. Yeah. So. I, I vague, speaking of another life ago, I vaguely remember like going to your wedding and oh, reception yeah. <laughs> and all that. Yeah, so that was it was hard planning a wedding because there were so few places at the time where you could have receptions and mm. things like that. So, but uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, it was uh, 2008. Uh, we got married, and then um, my first daughter was born in uh, 2011. That was Evelyn. Uh, followed about two and a half years later by Hannah, 
and then uh, about another two and a half years by uh, Henry. And then uh, my fourth daughter was born just over a year ago. So, my fourth child, my third daughter. Yeah. So you got about another year to go before. <laughs> <laughs> well, Natalie's trying really hard to remain the youngest child. Yeah. I think she's about broken. Us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, definitely I felt our age with this fourth one more mm-hmm. than all the other ones put together. So <laughs> yeah. I I got one and I can't imagine. <laughs> well, I think the first one is the hardest because it's just such a lifestyle change. Right. You know, it really it really just changes your mindset. And then the third one's the third one's tough just because you're dropping from man to man to zone coverage all the time. So <laughs> Right. Yeah. I guess yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh so kind of shifting from from family life a little bit and more, I guess, specifically about you and uh like your walk with the Lord. When did you acknowledge Jesus as your savior? Like what how how did that journey take place? Okay, so when I was young, I went to a, a Baptist church nearby and I uh I accepted Jesus as my savior and was baptized around 8. Um and then kept you know, I loved reading scripture and studying it. Um still had a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And I think it was uh, when I was in high school that I really understood that I was saved completely by grace. Okay. You know, I understood that Jesus was my Savior, but I still thought, I think I still had a, looking back now, a, a, an idea about works being mixed in with it. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think it was when I was in high school that I really understood that it was completely by faith. So, so I think it was kind of a progression, and, uh, but, uh, but it came from reading the Book of Romans and studying here in church, we were doing it at the time, so here at Bible Fellowship. When did you start going to BFC? Yeah, I was in high school. Um, so I was uh, closest age with uh, um, pastor's son, uh, Adam. So he had invited me to church a few times, and then we started oh, okay. going um, sometime when I was in high school. So you knew him outside of church? Yeah, we actually knew him from the running club. As a matter oh, okay. Fact. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the Trust family doing 5Ks, uh, you know, they stuck out because they had so many kids at the time and running <laughs> barefoot, you know, so everybody kind of knew them. Uh, so, uh, and that, that that's where we met them and, and started hanging out. Okay. Yep. Nice. Um, so then you were, you say that as as you got older, you kind of begin to, begin to grasp that you were saved by grace. Um, but you, do you feel like when you were eight that, that you were saved then you you didn't have like any doubts or you fully knew what you were getting into at that age i i, I think i did yeah <laughs> it's I, I hard to go back and like, yeah young, like people say that they first accepted jesus when they were a kid like that but then it was at a point later in life where they like there was a like i guess a second point of like oh this is the real deal yeah yeah thing. i think that's pretty typical for a yeah. lot of people's experiences um um and i think that's not recognized by a lot of churches today you know we put a lot of emphasis or some churches put a lot of emphasis on the moment and the time yeah. but really god's sovereign and he's working in your hearts to understand so um you know he's he's guiding that and you can't really see it all at the time but um but yeah i think a lot of people know they need jesus but it sometimes it doesn't sink in that you know there's really no He's really doing it all. <laughs> He's not just helping you cross a finish line or giving you a bump. It's really completely his doing. So uh, that that's hard to grasp. Yeah, all in one in an instant of time. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. Uh, before we fully dive into that, um, you mentioned that you work for the Navy. 
what how much can you share and what like what exactly do you do outside of the church what is your profession well i'm a i'm an engineer so i was a mechanical engineer uh by degree and uh i've uh done different types of disciplines over the years in different roles but uh um you know ships are what i love so uh every aspect of uh ship design and construction is really i really like the industrial side too i like building stuff mm-hmm. so uh that's that's why i really like now erica is a uh uh, engineer as well. She's a civil engineer, my wife, and uh, she's more of a traditional, you know, design, uh, design focused. Um, and uh, and she she's really great. She impresses me with what she can do. She works from home a lot too. So yeah. in addition to uh, homeschooling our kids, yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> it is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You mentioned building things because that's kind of how I got to know you. Was that's right. We both yeah. worked for your dad. About 10 years apart in age, apparently. Right, right. <laughs> I was just a young kid trying to make a little bit of money. Right. That was a lifetime ago as well. Well, um, do you remember, can you take us on the journey of how you got started in ministry? Yeah, so uh, it had to do with Hurricane Katrina, I think, with a lot, the same with a lot of folks. You know, after yeah. Katrina, we were... We everybody was doing some type of construction work if you're in the ministry. So, um, and that was just kind of a way of life. And it just yeah. happened uh, organically. I think you have a mixture of going to church and reading the Bible, and then people need help all around you. And, and uh, then just, it just kind of happens. I think God directs that um, just stuff in your lap, you know? So, um, so I started out. Um, kind of because of that, I was in a deacon role of the church for a few years after Katrina before I switched over to an elder role. Um, and I think the transition really helped that just more time studying, more time preparing and understanding the world, the word. And, you know, we were doing a lot of distance courses through Tyndale at the time. So that really, really helped uh, my understanding there. And uh, it's definitely a real, real benefit. So I think there's a lot of parallels between the Katrina age and then our uh, our COVID, whatever you call it, age we're in now. So it's just kind of surreal times, and it's a real time, a good time to uh, kind of reflect on what things you need to cut out of your life, what aren't necessary, and it's like a mandatory cleaning of the room. Yeah, I've yeah. I kind of have seen some similarities as well, and it like you mentioned a, a cleaning or a purging or whatever. I think it's also been a good time for like thinking outside the box yes like, yeah i think we need that we wouldn't have ever probably done this whole podcast thing if not for that's true the covid yeah. and the social distancing and all. and we might have done it but this kind of made us kick it into high gear and actually yeah make it work and so things like that i mean around katrina katrina definitely i think the way bfc functioned at that time showed me a different way that churches could operate yeah because growing up it's all it's always the same routine going to church the same exact you right go in, you say the same lines to the same people shake the same hands sing the same songs right whereas right after katrina especially being in a bible church that was like non-denominational but just like you're in a tent and like singing and just like everything was out of structure but the, oh, yeah. the core was still there and that kind of opened my eyes to the fact that you know it doesn't always have to look a certain way yeah i think we need that as as humans and as yeah. believers so eric and i were reading the book of acts this past week and it was really amazing how you know 
there's periods of persecution or other trials, and then it, it kind of forced the church to move around, do different things, try different things, and it, it all really worked out well for the purposes of the gospel. So I think there's still an element of that when, yeah. in these kind of big life events, <laughs> which we seem to have a lot of. Yeah, and it happens, I mean, it happens for people just in general in their personal lives too. It's like if you just sit still for too long, you become stagnant, and yeah. so you Every once in a while, life has to kind of kick you in the butt and get things moving. Very true. For you to grow. And I think that's the same for the church. Yeah. Yeah. Or for us in the church, too, as breaking out of certain habits or traditions or things, trying, trying new things, which is something that I think it, that I guess gets me excited is when we kind of break the mold a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So, when did you, talking about ministry, you're a, you were a deacon here and then an elder, but I know you're, you're real big into like the voice of the martyrs and stuff like that. That happened after you were an elder and kind of more heavily involved at BFC or was... Um, that was before, I think when I was in high school or college, I just had read some books, you know, uh, Tortured for Christ by Richard Wormbrand was mm-hmm. really, uh, really amazing to me and In God's Underground uh, really spoke to me a lot. And I feel like it says something that doesn't, doesn't get enough publicity really so that's in ministry i think that's what i try to do as much as as i can is either find gaps you know to fill in gaps and uh and advocate for things and and look at things also from a different perspective and and uh um i think one of the big things with scripture is trying to tear away some of our own uh cultural pre uh predispositions and conceptions that we, we just human nature read into things um uh, you know, we grow up, especially, you know, with pre-printed uh, Sunday school materials and things growing up, you have certain conceptions in your mind about different things. And and um, sometimes it's good to study history um, and see what was going on at the same time when you're looking at scripture to really kind of get a better understanding of what the text is really saying. And um and there's a lot of passages, you know, we just we just don't hit as much. You know, we're familiar with some Bible stories, but then others we miss out on. So I try to look at I, I try to look for things like that that don't get a lot of airtime and uh, and see what's what we can glean from there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, in the same way that I guess I kind of always think of uh, Dr. Mailer as like the Gideon guy. You're oh, yeah. you're like the voice of the martyrs, kid, <laughs> sure. You know, which I think is a yeah. good thing. Like you yeah. say. It, really probably doesn't get talked about as much as it should. Yeah. So yeah. it's a human nature is to kind of think about our own little sphere, you know. Yeah. And uh and it's hard, you know, sometimes thinking about the rest of our church, you know, the extended church around the world, um, that all have their own cultures and their own challenges. Um uh many of which are significant, <laughs> you know, very uh very challenging. It's tough to be a Christian in a lot of parts of the world and we we miss out on that. So yeah, that, that's true. So, um, here's a question that you can that you can answer however you see fit. If you want to answer the question specifically or literally, or if you want to talk about the question itself as a whole, like uh, I think that's kind of how Bob did it. But do you know, or can you describe the spiritual gift that the Lord is developing in you? Hmm. Um. Or, or what is your take on spiritual gifts, even? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I try not to get too formalized with the, the concept of spiritual mm-hmm. gifts. Um, um, yeah, I think there's a couple of things you have to kind of keep in mind about them. One is, one is, um, 
that the gift is God's, not yours. So I think that gets uh, forgotten about sometimes because right. we always have to watch pride in our lives, especially with uh, spiritual situations uh, or, or in the spiritual you know context. Yeah. So, um, um, and then the other part I think is really to me the gifts part is about walking with God. I think that the closer you are, the more you're walking with God, the more he'll be able to, uh, to use those. Um, and I think sometimes our interests get mixed in with spiritual gifts and some of our natural gifts are kind of mixed in with spiritual gifts. And sometimes right. it's, it's kind of hard to separate those. Um, but I do think if you're, if you're walking with God and you're st- clinging close to his will and his word, that he'll op- open up the opportunities and and that's where the gifts happen. So I try not to get too firm on them because because then I think you can miss a, a clear opportunity that God just puts you know right in your lap. So um, so I try to I try to keep the focus on the walk and not necessarily what the actual individual gifts are because I, I feel like in my limited uh, perception and sinful nature that uh, that that I can mess that up if I get too hung up on the actual gifts part of it. So I, I think by walking with God, he'll he'll take care of that, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, yeah, that that does make sense. As as opposed to like fixating on your yeah. one or two things that you're good at or whatever. It's right, more right. About keeping your eye open for opportunities to yeah. do what you need to. Yeah, do. Yeah, I like to do, do that. I, I know some people. Some people can probably execute that better than I can, but uh, I feel like I would mess that up. <laughs> If right. It would be really easy for me to get tangled up and distracted with that. Do you feel like it's easier to maybe look at other people and say, well, obviously, like, they're gifted with this ability? I definitely think so. Versus looking at yourself? Because I, I yeah. think that's something that I would that I would struggle with or do struggle with is that, yeah, I could probably I could probably tell you what your gift is or, like, the things you seem yes. to be gifted with easier than I could look at myself and say, yeah, this is, you know, how the Lord is using me or this is my gift yeah, I definitely feel that way. I, I can, you know, spot it in other people, I think, easier than than in your own. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, what do you what do you think the Lord has in store for your future in ministry? Or what are some things that you would like to see or are seeing that you're excited about for you in ministry, but also, you know, maybe for, for our church? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just phase of life I'm in right now, you know, I think about kids a lot and, right. and raising children in the future generation, especially because it just seems like our society right now is so turbulent. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like the ministry opportunities are going to just fall in our lap because I think we, I'm afraid we've got some turbulent times ahead, um, mostly just because of the polar, polarization of the culture and people are so combative, yeah. you know. Um, on any given topic, it's really tough. And we talked about this before. It's really tough to have a moderate view on yeah. anything mm-hmm. in society right now, um, which is is challenging because there's really a lot of aspects of uh, of balance in the Christian life. You know, um, I love Charles Ryrie's book about balance in the Christian life, and I think you could probably write a lot more <laughs> on the topic, really. And that's a challenging because our society right now really wants, you know. Um, ultra idealistic um, views on any given topic, and really uh, to the point that it's it's shutting out empathy and understanding and uh, other people's perspectives. So it's it's there's a lot of concern there. So I think we've all got a duty to to especially trying to raise up kids in that kind of environment. So um, uh, I just it's just amazing to me the the way society is really 
splitting down uh, any given issue, just just polarizing. So yeah. So you think that that somewhere you would like to focus on is bringing up children in this situation. Yes. How can we help them? Yeah. 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 Instilling empathy and because you trying to see people through God's eyes, right? Because mm-hmm. God loves all of us. You know, He died for every one of us as wretched as possible. And I feel like that idea, that concept is getting lost uh, these days. So um, that's a that's huge, I think, in my in my mind. So, so right now, is it more just kind of uh, a, a more conceptual, like nebulous feeling? Or do you have like any ideas of how you'd like to actually put that in action? Yeah, I think there's not a way to escape it right now because <laughs> it's every conversation you have with people, you know, uh, um, trying to pe- calm people down and help them see the other side and and teach about compassion and understanding and perspective. Um, sh- certainly, if you go on social media, you know, it's social media is really to- uh, toxic. Yes. But it's also where, um, you know, it's where the world hangs out. So I think as Christians, we can't just retreat from things. We have to we have to handle it carefully. But if if there's an opportunity to talk to people there, then we should then, then we should try it. You know, um, um, I think it was Martin Luther talked about. You know, the Christian Church can't just stay away from the the controversial or the difficult areas of ministry um, in any given generation, whatever they those are. So um, it's it's miserable, but there's always opportunity there. And then, of course, just. Um, with the kids in particular, anytime you, you know, interact with other people in society or um, see something on TV, it's just, there's just so many opportunities there to pull them aside afterwards and explain what you're seeing, what could be done differently, and kind of give a run a narrative that way. So. Yeah, I agree. That's something that I've been thinking about quite a bit, having a toddler and yeah. she's, you know, starting to... to pay more attention to you know what she's watching on tv what she sees like she's actually kind of aware of things and not to like a very not to like the level we're talking about right now obviously but starting to see that she's taking in information yeah it's amazing how much they can absorb at such a young age it really is and interpret in, in some way shape or form and with how this you know how the election went down and how things have just been have happening in our country and in the world lately it's definitely been on my mind quite a bit of how do I make her better? How do I raise yeah. her to be better? You know? And, yeah. and like you said, and not just, not necessarily just dark kids, but anytime you have a situation to kind of teach or guide or give that other perspective of, like you said, it that's gotten lost that, yeah. you know, Jesus died for everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. Well, I, um, that's pretty much my list of questions. So if, there's anything else you want to mention or get off your chest or say to the the people out there before we wrap this one up? The the floor is yours. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I'd say I, I really enjoy uh, our church situation here because it's just uh, if if I had to come up with one word for our church, it would be transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems very real uh, when you come. You know, so and it's it is great seeing uh, uh, you guys with KK and uh, and uh, Zach and Tirza with their kids. You know. Uh, and uh, it's hard. It's hard coming to church with kids, and it's it's a, it's a challenge. But it's real life, and yeah. and to me, the church here really feels like a family more than a group of friends. And that's part of it, you know, because you don't pick your family. 
Uh, but you love them through the ups and downs, and that's how they're different than friends. And and really, I think tr- BFC here is really more of a family than uh, than any kind of social club. So that's why I really enjoy it. And then you, you mix in the study of scripture that it's all focused around, and you really you really see without without a sermon being all about the application, you see the application. And I think that's what's special here. So yeah, yeah, I agree. And to just kind of echo what you were saying. Every church claims they're a family. Sure. But sure. here you do actually, you, you feel it. You yeah, know, yeah, it does feel like a family. There's a certain, there's just that, act, that, like you said, transparency, it's a good word, that, but just it feels real, you know. Right, right. It's actually so. there. And so I, I think that's good, yeah. I agree for sure. Um, well, with, with that, that's about it. That's, we've gotten to know you a little bit awesome. better, Jacob. <laughs> and uh, I just want to let everybody else know that's listening right now, if you enjoyed this, if you like this, uh, please share it. Let let somebody else know. Like, put it out on social media. Like Jacob said, that's where the world hangs out. So we can get this out there and spread the word and, and get more people listening and maybe more people into our family like we were just talking about. That would be fantastic. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Awesome. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and found it thought-provoking. The Upper Room is a Bible Fellowship Church production. The opinions discussed by our guests are just opinions and random thoughts at the time of recording and do not necessarily reflect the doctrine or stated beliefs of Bible Fellowship Church.